0: Welcome to Second Take, the show that takes a look at the issues behind the news. President Cyril Ramaphosa delivered his seventh State of the Nation address against the backdrop of a worsening power crisis. Terence Krimer joins me to discuss the good and not-so-good initiatives outlined to tackle load shedding. Hi Terence. Hi, oh, no. The speech has been widely criticised, but were there any positive messages? Yes I did find a number of positives. I think the biggest one for me was the announcement that there will be tax incentives announced in the budget for businesses and and some other support mechanism for households to invest in solar. This is an important initiative uh, because we know that rooftop solar can help quite quickly in easing the energy constraints. We saw what Vietnam did in one single year bring in about nine gigawatts of electricity through a rooftop initiative. That wasn't so much tax incentive. There was a feed-in tariff that was possibly overly generous, and then they had to rejig it. But it still helped in alleviating and getting the whole of society, almost the capital of the whole of society behind that. So I thought that was a very positive uh, announcement or confirmation. And we'll now wait for the budget speech to see how what sort of practical form that takes. The other positive was not, shifting Eskom under the line department. I think that was a very big worry. It was a going to create all sorts of moral hazard. So it's important that the shareholder minister is not the energy minister and that the public enterprises minister oversees the massive restructuring that has to take place at Eskom to align the utility which is failing in its current form as a vertically integrated monopoly to the future energy system. And that was the other important Third point that I think is positive is the emphasis given to the national transmission company, South Africa. The separation of that out of Eskom into an independent company with an independent board. We've been waiting for a year now for that new board to be appointed, and the president has now said it's going to be appointed. So those are three positives. I think the fact that there's going to be a money for diesel uh, till the end of the financial Eskom's financial year is important. It's terrible that we have to burn this level of diesel, sort of 5 billion rand a month, but without doing that, we, I, the intensity of load shedding mm-hmm. is just going to be two stages more. So I think it's important that there's some mechanism for diesel, and that was announced, so that's positive. Also, the emphasis given to the other shortish term remedy, and that's really getting Kusile back on. That's 2,100 megawatts of uh, um, capacity that's sitting on the sideline because of a collapse in the flu. Uh, at Unit 1, and we're going to probably need an exemption there. It's not ideal, it's, pollutant. it's polluting, it's bypassing a very important uh, a, uh, pollution management system, the flue gas desulfurization. But if we get that unit back, it definitely will lower uh, those three units back and the addition of the, the, the unit that should be coming on, Unit 5, you know, it will really help, I think, in lowering the intensity of load shedding. Not tomorrow, but in 10 months time rather than in two years time, which is the alternative. So I think that was an important uh, positive. The last one I would like to mention is that there was no new plan. That's very important. The plan was announced on 25th of July last year. It's been tweaked like these elements that I mentioned around uh, diesel, etc., and solar rooftop panels. And obviously it will be a living plan and it will be tweaked, but he didn't come with a whole lot of new harebrained, uh, potentially, initiatives. And uh, that was, uh, that, and I think that's important. We need to, it's, it, is a, it is an important plan. It does have the elements that can get us out of load chain, the two legs being fixing the, the, the coal as much as possible. But in a, hopefully in a realistic, I don't think we're going to get to a 75% ele- energy availability factor overnight. But realistically, step by step, improving that and then accelerating as fast as possible uh, the uh, the uh, injection of non-escom supply from municipalities as well as from IPPs, not just from IPPs. so that's very very important and then the last positive is he didn't mention the escom tariffs i think his intervention around saying that those should be halted or uh, delayed is was illegal and i think he did backtrack in his in his letter a couple of weeks ago his letter to the nation and the fact that he didn't come back with that I think was important. There is another process, court-led process, DEA has taken it to court, uh, others, others have taken it to court. So let that unfold in a legal way. The President, I think, has to step back. This is a, this is a very well-defined uh, processes and rules for setting tariffs and I don't think he can come flying in from above on a helicopter and drop that sort of bombshell on Eskom, And it will really undermine the recovery at ESKIM if if it isn't implemented. But I think there is, within NECOM and with the court case, there is a way within the, t- t- the increases to soften the blow for the most vulnerable. And that is tricky, but there, there is uh, going to, can be a cross-subsidy element to it without affecting the top line. And it can mean that um, the tariff increases for those that are consuming at a much lower level, I think it's home like 20A or something, can be cross-subsidised. So that, uh, that we will have to see how it unfolds in the next few weeks before the final you know, plan is put before Parliament by EsCO. What are the bad or worrying elements of the speech? I think the, the biggest uh, worrying uh, element and probably bad element is the declaration of the national state of disaster. I'm not saying that the electricity crisis is not a disaster. It most definitely is. It's not only affecting our growth outlook, um, it's not invest, uh, affecting our investment outlook, it's it's having a real societal effect, it's disrupting society, it's creating the seeds for serious social unrest, and it's also creating the conditions for a food crisis in South Africa. Unless we come up with a, a new dispensation for the way farmers are loadshed, I think they've made a a very strong case the farmers as the fact that they need a different dispensation it can't be the blunt instrument of load shedding they have to have a like the energy intensive users Mm -hmm. they have load curtailment it's much more managed the farmers need a different deal and uh, if they don't then um, then I think we're going to have a food crisis and so I think if we can and it's it's a big if you know to not have hospitals load shed would be a very very good thing it's not easily, technically possible in every uh, municipality and even under ex- ESKIM control where they've got oversight. It's not always possible not to lodge that, but that could be important. So it is a disaster, but declaring a state of disaster, I think in the current context where we've had a, a long-running crisis, it's been running since the 2008-2007. We've seen this getting worse. Uh, we've got plan in place Most of the plan can be implemented without any uh, change to the rules. Um, It just needs diligent implementation, project management. It's not clear how a state of disaster will definitely help. I suppose the only thing that I could see is maybe getting the Kosile exemption through immediately. But it does raise a risk um, of doing the wrong thing under the cover of that and it could be very expensive mistakes. So I think that was the one element that I have anxiety about uh, around the announcement and it was the big announcement of the day. The second big announcement is also anxiety around and we'll have to see how it plays out and that's really the appointment of a electricity minister in the presidency. Now I think because there's such a lack of alignment between the president and his energy minister at the moment and to what the solutions are and even his public enterprises minister to appoint I think he wants a point person in NECOM, uh, in the crisis committee that he is fully aligned with and can fully trust and I think it's a way of navigating through this lack of speaking with one voice in the ANC. But that's not really ideal, we should rather have the cabinet all speaking with one voice on this crisis and the different ministers playing their role. But So I can see it's a way of sort of really just getting away through this very difficult Internal cabinet and ANC politics, but but really it's, it's it's not a it's not the best solution. It's going to come down to who the individual is, so there's going to be a lot of interest in that, and also how that person manages um, this the, this problem of the dichotomy within the cabinet, particularly around the energy minister. So I think that's another questionable uh, announcement. Um, so I think those two, and then. The one third that is part of the plan that is a worry to me is the emergency procurement element that was confirmed in, in the State of the Nation last night. Now, we should do emergency procurement to a point, and I think the standard offer of buying whatever is available in South Africa from the Sapis and the Mondis, et cetera, and the sugar mills, and that's a very important way of getting mopping up that, as well as mopping up anything that the renewables producers may be produce in excess of the contracted amount that's a positive but those don't those aren't emergency procurement there's already a mechanism to do that and then import uh, what we can from the region I think it's is very much limited there it's this emergency procurement how long is it going to be uh, it's interesting it's going to fall under Eskin I think that that shows that uh, they don't want to go through the RPP office etc they want to go through eskin and I think they do have better processes for managing this. But is it going to be a 10-year power ship? Is it going to be a 20-year power ship? Is it going to be a power ship at all? What are these things? And I think we, there's going to have to be, society's going to have to be very careful in monitoring and oversight. And I suppose having the Auditor General, there's some safeguard, but I, but I think that that's one procurement that we're all going to have to pay very close attention to because the, the numbers here are going to be eye-wateringly high. And the tenure could be alteringly long and costly, when actually what we should be doing is just pushing as hard as possible for as much wind and solar, the, the cheapest electricity, to coming in as quickly as possible, which is why the, the solar announcement was so important. But I think that's a, a scary element that we have to be wide awake to. It's going to be much bigger numbers than what we see with uh, COVID PPE, for instance, or or the the, the fogging of schools. This is big numbers, and we're going to have to be very wide awake. Will the announced initiatives help to end load shedding? Yes, I think over the period, over the 18, 24, 36 months. Now, that's not really what society wants. People want an immediate relief. Okay, diesel can give you some immediate relief, you know, to a point but there's logistics constraints and storage constraints and also in terms of our lack of energy in the system. It's energy-starved. You need to keep a lot of diesel available just as a reserve insurance policy, but that, that can help immediately. But all these other initiatives which are generally right, but there's problems with each of them and we have to monitor them and it can be expensive exercise uh, on a number of fronts. They can definitely help r- reduce Over over again, not tomorrow. Over a period of six months to to the rest of the year, reduce the intensity of load shedding, not eliminate it, and eventually eliminate load shedding. They can, but um, we have to diligently project manage this. The, The ANC and the president believe we need this framework of a national disaster to do this. I don't agree, but. If we are going to have what we do tonight, so with immediate effect, that's in place. We've seen the uh, the actual declaration in the government gazette. If we're going to use this, it's going to have to have extreme transparency around this and extreme diligence in implementation. Because if we don't, this load shedding isn't going to go away. But the the building blocks, the scaffolding in place are, is in place. We now need to put it all together. And really, uh, the, the long term the cheapest uh least regret solution for society is to get as much wind solar and backed up eventually by flexible generators but storage into the system at the moment if you add storage it's not going to have much effect because as you can see we can't even use our main storage which is the pump, the pumped hydro we don't have enough energy in the system which is what the, the meridian report was very important in showing this week that came out it's just an energy starvation in the country. So you can't, uh, so even if you've got variable renewable energy and you can get that, those electrons to pump, pumped hydro and use those optimally, we would have much less load shedding in the system. So getting as much energy into the system as possible, as urgently as possible is what we need. And that's what variable uh, solar can do fastest and wind second fastest. So we need to focus on that. And that is ultimately a least regret move because it's the lowest cost as well. But we can get out of load shedding, the only thing is it's going to take time and we're in an election cycle and there's no appetite from the opposition to support this. There's reticence from business uh, around some of these initiatives and there's actual active opposition from labour so we don't really have all those uh, sort of uh, social partners aligned so it is worrying but we can get out of load shedding if we do the right things and we do them consistently. Thank you. That's the second take show for this week. Thank you for watching and join us again next time for more news analysis. Also, don't forget to listen to the audio version of our Engineering News daily email newsletter.